don't know this, then you're behind the times. The only metric that matters is convenience. Rules apply to you. Suddenly you're an advertiser. This is Social Minds, the UK's first dedicated social media marketing podcast brought to you by Social Chain. I'm Theo. And I'm Eve. And each week we'll be joined by a host of progressive minds to learn the unique and innovative ways that social media is being used around the world. On this podcast, we'll be discussing the latest developments across social and what they mean for us all. And if you like what you hear, make sure you subscribe to get new episodes every week. This week on Social Minds. By 2020, content is going to become marketing's biggest bottleneck. It's going to become our biggest challenge. We were joined by Xenia Montine, who is the CEO of Planable, a collaborative social media management tool. According to Xenia, while content marketing is very much new, a lot of the processes that we have in place see us still stuck in the 70s and 80s. So she's developed this tool that really, really streamlines the process and she has three core principles for marketing efficiency. Every new year we have new trends, we have new shiny things that we're uh, chasing. But in the end, you need to build an operation and you need to build a team that can deliver on any new thing. All this and more coming up. Why is it so hard to scale content marketing? That's an awesome question. Um, But first of all, thank you so much for having me here. Good Um, to have you. Yeah. So I think it's really hard to scale content because it's it's a bit of a paradox. Um, This rise of digital marketing and this new technology, social media, uh, smartphones have created a lot of opportunities for brands to connect in, in, in new and meaningful and very direct and personalized ways with their audience. But at the same time, this new technology, this new personalized uh, technology of, of reaching an audience requires a lot of planning, a lot of coordination, a lot of content creation. Um, the channels are, are evolving and expanding, and there's just so much content that a brand mm-hmm. needs to create. So in order to, um, to deliver this demand of new content, uh, you need a lot of resources and you need new processes. And I think one of the problems with scaling content is um, just the fact that it's it's so new. Content marketing is mm. is very, very new. And we just didn't have enough time to adapt and adjust our processes uh, to this uh, new and novel way of doing marketing. So I think that's one of the challenges around this. Mm. Does that sort of, uh, like you said, it, it came along so fast in a way. Have we kind of... It seems like a lot of the fault is of our our own, these sort of inefficiencies (laughs) that we've just lived with and gotten used to. Do you think these harbour creativity in a way? Do do they sort of lower creativity? Yeah, totally. Um, I mean, before before building Planable, I had um, a digital marketing agency. Mm -hmm. So I was planning and delivering a lot of creative work for social media for some, um, some global but also local brands. And, you know, firsthand, I saw that it is, just PowerPoints were killing my creativity. I felt mm-hmm. like that was not a, mm-hmm. an an environment that was actually uh, empowering me to do creative work. Um, before building my agency during high school, uh, since I was a teenager, I was actually dreaming of working in the advertising world. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really excited about it, you know, working in a cool big agency, um, maybe a group agency was my dream. But when I started, when I when I started building my my own agency, I quickly you know learned about how frustrating the processes are and mm-hmm. how um, old school everything still is. You know, 
it felt a bit like we were still in the in the 50s, you know, the madman <laughs> era. <laughs> uh, a lot of PowerPoints, a lot of meetings, a, lo a lot of phone calls. Um, and I was expecting, you know, as a millennial, we grew with, with smartphones and with social media. And I was expecting everything to be streamlined and uh, software to have, you know, very uh, user-friendly interface. I was expecting things to be innovative and I was expecting things to move um, at the speed of social media. Mm. But it was definitely not moving as fast. You know, there were cycle, long, very long cycles of feedback. Uh, approvals were taking a lot of time. And I was really frustrated that um, together with my team and with, with my clients, the only way of, of doing content um, review, content creation, and approvals for content was with this, you know, fragmented way with this mishmash of tools like mm -hmm. spreadsheets and yeah. emails and phone calls. Um, and this works when you're a small team for a brand or uh, if you're an agency or a freelancer working with potentially one client for social or for content creation. But when you have 10 clients or you're a big brand with um, a marketing organization that is distributed across uh, borders and time zones, mm -hmm. it just doesn't work. It's a hack that it's not going to scale mm -hmm. your content mm -hmm. processes. So yeah, I, I totally 100% agree that it it definitely hinders creativity. Um, I think if if you manage to create a process that is um, uniting everyone from your marketing organization, your designers, your copywriters, your content strategists, your product experts, so not just the people who are creating the content, but also the people who are uh, producing the product or delivering the services firsthand. If they are involved in the process of creating content, you get more ideas, you get more terminology, the language is different, you get more insights into the product, and the content that you're creating is, is better, and the, the ideas that you bring to the table are, are brighter. Um, so I, I think that bringing everyone um, who needs to be involved into the, uh, into the process of creating content definitely makes this more streamlined, mm. uh, and it does make the entire um, operation faster. Mm. What What do you think has led us to get so inefficient? Is it just because? Uh, is it just because uh, it's so new? Because you're right in saying you know you'd expect it to move at the pace of social media because yeah. that's what that's what we're working on. But it seems odd that there's such a disconnect there. Yeah, so I think. The first reason is because it's just new and we didn't have time to, to build some real processes built for this new um, new era of, of marketing, of digital marketing. But I think the second is just the type of personalities that we have in the <laughs> creative marketing industry. You know, we are creatives, we are half artists, mm -hmm. and we don't like processes. We don't like to think about putting proper processes in, in place. You know, we are obsessed about the idea, you know, the award-winning idea. Mm -hmm. And we don't want to think about how to make our day-to-day -day operations better. That sounds like something boring for us. Mm -hmm. We just want to create. Uh, so I think that's uh, part of the reason why we didn't put much effort into actually building proper operations. I think when you get to a CMO level, that's where you start uh, to think about building some structure mm. uh, for your team, uh, putting some proper uh, processes in place, thinking about organizing and distributing roles across your marketing organization. Um, but but usually, you know, a lot of our of the of 
kind of the fault is on us um, because we are so obsessed about creativity, but we don't think about how can we empower this creativity to happen in a very yeah. streamlined way? Yeah, I guess it's no point sense. having like a great creative idea if it never gets to happen. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, if, yeah, if it gets so many bottlenecks, you know, from mm-hmm. approvals, from just sharing work, it just, yeah, it doesn't, uh, it's it's not worth it. <laughs> Is there something about, I wonder as well, the um, relationship between, um, you know, the agency and the clients, because obviously, like you said, you have this great creative idea but you've got to translate it in such a way that the mm. that the client sees. Yeah. And I noticed in particular with um, Planable, one of your main focuses was to have it have content appear how it would appear in sort of in the real world yeah. and on, on, on Facebook and on, on social. So yeah, so I think um, between agencies and clients, there needs to be a shared language. Um, we work day-to-day, as agency people, we work day-to-day to create content, and we know every single change that Facebook is pushing or every uh, new format of Instagram posts. We know all about this, but it's not our client's job to know all the new little changes and all the new formats of posts. Uh, so it's really hard to um, share work with them and and get feedback from them when there is no shared language. Mm. Um, it's you know the the standard of um, communicating and sharing work with clients is is usually a spreadsheet. I think every uh, I think a lot of the agencies that we've been uh, talking with are using this format. They're building their content inside the spreadsheet or inside a Google Doc that is being shared by email uh, with with their clients, phone calls and meetings for discussing the content, mm-hmm. and the files, the GIFs, the photos, the videos are being kept in some Google Drive mm-hmm. or, or Dropbox folder. And this is a very disconnected, uh, very fragmented process. There's a lot of tools involved in this. And the problem with spreadsheets is that they're just a terrible way I can't even use them well yeah. like, I just don't know what I'm doing I mean you spend so much time just trying to format them to yeah. look good for the client for them to be able to visualize this and yeah. in the end it doesn't do a good job anyway mm. because you're building content and you have some idea in mind of how that piece of content is going to look like yeah. but the client can imagine something totally different mm. and then there's this disconnect between what you imagine and what they are imagining, um, and it's just not a good idea to um, to have this way of working where mm-hmm. you're you're kind of um, hoping that the other person is going to figure out how your your how the content is supposed to yeah. look like. Um, so yeah, I think having a place where everyone can see the same thing and and speak the same language is crucial for having a very uh, easy, uh, kind of a better way of communicating and a better mm-hmm. way of giving feedback. Um, and it, it's it's interesting because this thing happened in different industries. So a quick history election. <laughs> uh, do you know what WheezyWig is? No. Yeah? WheezyWig is this acronym for what you see is what you get. Um, and it's basically an editor in computing. It mm-hmm. means an editor where developers um, can see how the content, how the document is going to look like while they're creating the document. Mm-hmm. Um, and this 
you know, easy we get it or you can see it and it's in Google Words, you're creating the content and you can see how, how that page is going to look like mm. b- after you print it or after you, you know, send it to someone else. Um, you can see that um, in, in uh, WordPress recently, they changed this and while you're creating a website page, you can ac- actually see how it's going to look mm-hmm. like. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this type of WYSIWYG editor changed forever the way content um, was being created by, by developers. Um, and it's funny because it was introduced in the 70s, um, and I feel like we as marketers are still in the 70s from that perspective <laughs> because we're creating content in some environments where there's no way for us to see how they're going to look yeah. in mm. the end. Mm. So from that perspective, um, I'm thinking you know, about, about planable like a wheezy wig um, workspace mm. where you can create a content and you can see how that content is going to look like in real time while you're creating it. Mm. Um, so, yeah. I think that's such a good idea. So when <laughs> when I was um, working in social media management, my um, clients used to always want to see how it was going to look like. And I said, well, without a way of, of doing that, what I had to do is go manually draft the post in platform, in Twitter and LinkedIn yeah. and Facebook, screenshot it and then yep. send them the screenshots in an email. And even that in itself was just so much more long-winded than it had to be. Process, but yeah. it's the only way that they could visualize it because often, like, even when you're working in-house, never mind like agency client side, whoever's on the other end isn't necessarily going to know what you know. Yeah. I think we get a bit too cocky like mm-hmm. uh, assuming mm-hmm. that people are going to understand everything that we do. Yeah, 100% agree. What I was doing, <laughs> which was less smarter than what you you were doing was I was uh, photoshopping them. I was just creating yeah, mockups yeah. in Photoshop yeah. because I had a client that was very important and they wanted to see how the entire campaign is going to look like on the feed. So I was, you know, mocking up the cover, the profile picture, the the posts, and they they had, you know, this way of seeing how their entire campaign is going to look like mm-hmm. in, in on the feed. So, um, but then you know, I got smarter and I used the same technique with a fake Facebook page and a fake Twitter yeah. page, and I was sending screenshots. So yeah, it's even so like so laborious, yeah. isn't it? So laborious. Wow. <laughs> I think this 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 conversation just reminds me. I was reading an advertising book on the weekend. And one of the takeaways I had for now, I think it was Dave Trott's book, and he basically said that, um, you know, unless you're speaking the same language, that idea in your head, you know, if you're just communicating it in a certain way, you're only speaking to yourself. Yeah. It's a one-way conversation yeah. unless you're both on the same. Oh, that's so true. I get it all so. the time. I struggle even, like, communicating verbally. I'm like, right, let me just write it down. Exactly. Like, I would yeah, just, I would just show you. Yeah. yeah, as well. And I suppose that's, that's such a, a, a main point, especially in social where, like you say, it's so it's so normal to us. Yeah. But then when we start to speak to, especially, I suppose, uh, clients who have had a, and people who have had a more traditional background, you could, like you said, you're speaking two different languages. Yeah, aren't you? but you're exactly right. It's not their job to know That's everything true. like we're meant to be mm. helping, mm. <laughs> not hindering. I know language is a big one of them. You've got a few other principles that you'd say for you know efficient content marketing scalability. Language is part of this clarity principle. So you need to have a shared, a common uh, terminology, a shared language uh, in order to have clarity over over your content. Mm. But at the same time, uh, clarity is not just about language. It's also about knowing what's next. Um, 
I saw a report one day that said, uh, I think a report from McKinsey that said that uh, we as marketers spend one hour each day just gathering information because we're so isolated. Um, our business departments, our units, our uh, our marketing organizations are so isolated and we spend a lot of time just trying to gather information to do our work. So in order to have true clarity uh, in, in your marketing operations, um, you need to have a way, uh, an environment where all the content is being kept and everyone has access to that information. Mm. It sounds like a no-brainer, but you'd be surprised how many people don't have that shared environment. Mm. Um, so you do need to have it. Everyone needs to have access to it. And besides just having access to content, uh, there needs to be a way for everyone in the marketing department um, to, to see what is happening next week, next month, and next year. They need to see this bigger bigger picture in order to to understand uh, where their work fits in the puzzle. Um, so this is a big thing uh, that is part of, of, of the clarity kind of principle. Um, and obviously visibility of content, uh, this, this transparency around content, um, having the content uh, act, kind of accessible while it's being you know done while it's still work in progress mm -hmm. is very important because if you have as I mentioned before if you have people that are product experts or people that are involved in producing and delivering the services that you're marketing they might get involved earlier in the process of creating content they might get you know they might give you feedback earlier in, in the process and you could save a lot of time mm -hmm. um, you could start you know creating a piece of content that is not relevant or is not right for the product and they might jump in early mm -hmm. uh, to give you feedback. So this kind of um, availability of content and this openness and this transparency is very important. You know, transparency is such a big word today in advertising <laughs> from different... Massive hot topic. Yeah, very hot topic. Um, but it is, you know, transparency is important not, not just in data, but it is important as well in uh, transparency in processes, transparency um, in, in, in the process of creating content. Uh, so this is one big thing. Um, but besides clarity, uh, when I'm thinking about ways of scaling content marketing, um, I have two other pr principles in mind that I'm always thinking about. Uh, so the first one is clarity, then the second is coordination, and then the third is efficiency. Um, and yeah, clarity is about viewing the content, knowing what's next, mm. uh, seeing exactly how the content is going to look like in this wheezy wig mm. uh, type of way. Um, and then coordination is all about people. Um, it's all about bringing some unity around, uh, bringing alignment, mm. uh, ensuring that everyone is moving forward together in the same direction. And the third one, um, which is efficiency, is just about eliminating as much as possible the, the tedious tasks. And again, automation is a big word. It's a buzzword yeah. <laughs> in our industry. Um, but I think uh, there's a more practical way of, of doing automation. Uh, it's, it's easier than it, it actually seems. <laughs> it's so true. It's such a distant kind of, when, when you think of automation, your, your head instinct goes to AI. Yeah, AI which goes and to like machine learning, <laughs> robots. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's not that, you know, there, if we're talking about the agency world, there are so many things that can be automated in the way that we're doing work. And if we're speaking about um, social media content creation specifically, um, I think 
the first thing that pops in my mind that can be automated is email. Mm. I mean, mm. I think email is the biggest time suck for every marketing yeah. Yeah. person in the world. We spend so we just can get enough of it. Um, and I think there's a lot of things that can be automated. You know, this um, those emails where you send work to clients and you attach, you know, the images and the copy and all of that. That can be automated if you're using a platform like Planable, <laughs> for example, <laughs> or any other platform. But basically something that automates the process of requesting feedback from uh, from stakeholders mm-hmm. or from clients. Because mm-hmm. that's just something that doesn't it, – it, there's no need for that to happen. You don't need to send an email if you have your work in the same place and if the clients and the stakeholders and managers have access to it, yeah. there's just no need to send an email. Mm. Uh, you can just push a button or something and those stakeholders would receive you know, a notification and they would know that their involvement is needed in the process. So that's definitely something that can be automated. We, we need to spend less time on, on email and more time on creating. Can I ask, how, how like comfortable have like clients uh, been with the use of Planable? Because a lot of processes I feel like are still stuck in sort of old techniques uh, <laughs> because people are still so comfortable using email and so comfortable using spreadsheets that as soon as you say, oh, look, it's a big, shiny new tool, they'll think yeah. it's just us being so social savvy again yeah. and be like, oh, yeah. I don't know how to use this, I'd just rather we do email. I, yeah, I, that's such a good question. <laughs> so we had this question for ourselves from, from day one because I, I worked with, with clients before and I worked with clients that didn't want to use, you know, spreadsheets and Google Docs. Mm. They still wanted to get everything in a PDF and print it and put it on their wall. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> very traditional way of working, obviously. Um, and first of all, with those clients, it's really hard to convince them to do any social media work at all. Uh, once you convince them to do content creation on social media, um, it is definitely a question, how can you help them optimize those processes and optimize your own processes mm-hmm. as an agency to just, make, to just save a lot of time? And it is hard to convince them to use a new tool, but if you can, make, if you can um, find a tool that is so easy to get onboarded on, doesn't need no technical, you know, training. Mm-hmm. Um, it doesn't, that doesn't almost seem like it's a tool. Uh, if it is so subtle, if it doesn't, if it's, if it works already the way that you're working with your client, mm-hmm. um, then that's just easier to do. Uh, if the tool needs a lot of, you know, it has a lot of buttons, it, you need to learn it a lot, you need to teach your client, mm-hmm. it's, it's obviously going to be harder. Um, so, yeah, talking about Planable, <laughs> the way that we did it, um, we made it so easy to onboard the clients. They don't need a password. They don't need to sign up or anything. Uh, so you're just sharing a link with them, and that's all. They don't need to download anything or to install anything or mm-hmm. to go through a tour of the product. They just receive that link, and they instantly see the content. So um, we made it very simple for them. Uh, because we knew that clients don't want to feel like they're uh, learning a new software. Mm. No. So, yeah. Because that takes That's time. Because that takes time. Well. Even yeah, if yeah. even if it doesn't take time, they have this feeling that software takes time and they want yes. they don't want to, you know, this mental load, I think, is the problem for mm. them. Um, there's, there's just so many tools out there and you need to make it as simple as possible for them. Yeah. And it's kind of on the agency uh, side, you know, to train them and to... Um, to prove the ROI for this, you know, it's 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 on the it's it's the agency's job mm. uh, to prove that look, you know, by using 
um, this tool, we're going to save so much time and we're going to be able to do more creative work. Mm -hmm. We're going to be able to focus more on the strategy. Uh, so it's definitely our job to prove that this is worth it. Yeah. I was going to ask a question around that actually as well and, and the, the automa automation side of it because yeah. I always, <laughs> whether it's AI or automation, the argument is always in the look, if we can automate more things, we can free up more of your time. Yeah. How do you see that time as being spent? <laughs> and what's the what's the uh, what what's the benefit of that additional time? Is it that where the, the the standard of work gets better? Is it the where where do you sit from where you're, you're standing? Yes, obviously automation can cannot compete with uh, it cannot replace the creativity of humans. Mm -hmm. It cannot replace the talent of of a team. Uh, but it can definitely cut and save a lot of time from those tedious tasks and repetitive cycles that we're mm -hmm. always doing. Mm -hmm. So I think by cutting on that time and um, saving a lot of that time, we could focus um, on, on better work, on, on brighter ideas, on more creativity. But it's not just about time. It's also about um, having a pleasant way of working. Mm. And, you know, this mishmash that we've been talking about, the spreadsheets and the emails and, you know, trying to going th um, through that endless email thread to find a specific piece of feedback and, you know, struggling with Google Drive folders and trying to find that GIF somewhere mm. is not a pleasant way of working. Um, it just, it creates a lot of effort. It is a bottleneck for creativity. So it's not just about the amount of time you have, but it's also about the energy um, that you're wasting on this. Yeah. Um, it it kind of, you might not feel it, but it adds up. And at some point, um, we all as marketers experience burnout. That's something that we all have. And we definitely need to get back our nights and our weekends and, and focus on, um, on the things that we, we we really like doing, you know, creating mm -hmm. a strategy. Mm -hmm. Another point as well that we picked up on um, from one of your talks, actually, mm -hmm. was uh, <laughs> it's very, very good. And I love this analogy is that uh, marketers, you, you'd sum it up better than me, that marketers, and well, brands particularly, uh, they need to have the agility of Donald Trump yeah. without the his crazy views. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God, oh, yes. No. <laughs> without um, isolating 80% of your audience, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes, I completely, I, I stand by that <laughs> sentence, <laughs> by that statement. So I think there is something that we can definitely learn from from Donald Trump, from, from what he's doing. Um, and... Social media is an industry that moves very fast. It's very dynamic. There's a lot of things that are happening every day. Um, and as we mentioned before, we just don't have any processes in place to move as fast. Uh, we do need that type of agility. Um, and there's a lot that we can learn from other industries like the IT industry. You know, coming from uh, you know building a startup, I, I do have a lot to, to do with the technology mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. industry. Um, and I do have a lot to learn from from software um, developers and from the IT industry. And this, you know, agility um, methodology, this agile methodology, is something that we can definitely, you know, take a peek and get a bit inspired from it as mm -hmm. marketers. There's a lot of things that we can uh, do to actually um, move as fast as possible. There's a few companies that are doing uh, things like that. For example, um, New York Times, they have their famous 
uh, page one meeting two times a day to discuss what's going to be on the first page for their mm-hmm. 24-7 news cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Starbucks has a, a six-week uh, cycle where they discuss what's going to happen, you know, for the pumpkin spice latte, for all their events, and they do plan and they go for a cycle to plan all of that. Um, and there's definitely a lot of things that we could do uh, to get uh, more more insights from mm-hmm. the agile methodology. One thing is, as I mentioned before, to, to gather people that are not only uh, to build a team, you know, the core team that are copywriter, designers, content experts, but then the extended team as well. Um, the people who depend on the content, like salespeople maybe, mm-hmm. uh, the people who can influence the content, legal, uh, regulatory departments, um, and then as well product experts to give feedback on on the type of content that you're writing. So this is from the Agile methodology, mm-hmm. but then also building a marketing cycle is also from the Agile methodology. You know, uh, building some routines in place uh, to move work faster. Um, there's a few things that you could do. For example, one process is to build uh, content planning. So have a, a, a one-hour meeting where everyone comes prepared, mm-hmm. uh, uh, prepared with knowledge about upcoming company events, um, industry and seasonal moments, uh, what's happening in the industry, and everyone comes prepared and you're planning content for the next week or for the next month. Mm-hmm. And then the next part, the next step um, of the cycle would be to have um, the actual content sprint where you're creating uh, the content and uh, every week you have a, a stand-up. It's very classical in the IT industry to have a stand-up, 30-minute stand-up on Monday or on Tuesday uh, where you discuss where you are, uh, where okay, everyone shares the progress, um, you do a catch-up, um, you do a sync, and then the, the, the lastest uh, part out of the entire marketing cycle would be to have a content review process where everyone you know, discusses if you met the deadlines, if the deliverables mm-hmm. are the way they were supposed to be. Um, so it doesn't sound sexy. <laughs> no, it sounds it sounds good. I'm yes. like taking on the yes, notes. Yeah. <laughs> and like downstairs, like I've got a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I know agile methodology <laughs> sounds so boring. We need a new name for agile yes. to make it sexy mm-hmm. for the creative marketing industry. <laughs> I kind of call it Trump tactics. <laughs> that's good. That's good. I like this. <laughs> I suppose that brings us on to um, a final sort of point about the. Uh, so obviously, you're you you make up this emerging industry, I suppose, or you can, even if you can call it emerging anymore. Some of the offshoots of social media and the need for planning and processing. Where do you see your particular sector? Um, within the social media industry, going, what is going to be the future of that? Is it is it hoping you know scalability of of planable on these processes, software. And- yeah, yeah. So um, obviously, content marketing is a big thing, um, and by twenty twenty, content is going to become marketing's biggest bottleneck. It's going to become our biggest challenge, mm-hmm. um, and we need to find a way to scale it. So that's why we're talking about this today. Um, and content marketing as an entire industry has created this new category for software content marketing that is worth, I think, 10 billion or something, just the content marketing software industry. The content marketing industry in itself is probably five to 10 times bigger um, than just the software industry for this. Um, And I think, you know, if we look historically at this, 
um, the rise of digital marketing has created um, this new category of um, of marketing tech. Um, a lot of companies have become successful because uh, marketers needed a way uh, for the first time in the history marketers' problems was not the channels. They had plenty of channels to reach the audiences. Um, it was it was not the problem of, of, of distribution. Mm-hmm. It was a problem of automating that distribution. So that's why companies like Hootsuite and Sprinkler became really, really successful because mm-hmm. they helped marketers automate that publishing mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. uh, make it as fast as possible for them. But then... Um, Again, the problem was not in the distribution and uh, automating the distribution anymore. It was about building processes and building teams and building and finding the right people to build your team. Mm. It was about scaling it. And scaling something is not just a problem that you can solve by throwing more people or more money to it. Mm. It's something where you need... um, considerably better processes uh, in place, uh, better technology in place, and better coordination in place. Uh, so I think that's where this industry is going to move. Um, it, this this is, I think, the new direction for it. There's a lot of shiny things uh, and trendy things that marketing industry is talking about, you know, VR, uh, audio, AI, machine learning. Yes. <laughs> uh, it sounds cool. sexy, but in the end, you need something. You need to build a team that can deliver on that. You yeah. know, every new year we have new trends, we have new shiny things that we're uh, chasing. Um, but in the end, you need to build an operation and you need to build a team that can deliver on any new thing um, that the future is going to bring to us. Mm. So I think. That's something that we need to think uh, a lot about. And I think that's where um, what we're doing at Planable is, is coming in. We, we help you build a team and we help you build a workflow that is going to um, support any new idea, any new trend that you're going um, to find and you're going to want to try Awesome. Seems like yeah. control the things now, doesn't it? Yeah, it seems like a perfect place to end it on. Yeah. Thanks for having us. Nice closing soundbite. Yeah, really, really enjoyed that. Thank you so Thank much. You so much for coming on, Thank, Thank, Thank you, you for, so much for having me. It was oh, awesome. It's an absolute pleasure. <laughs> Super. This has been the Social Minds podcast with Theo, Eve, and music by Pierre Flass.